0: Good evening, ladies okay. and gentlemen. This is your boy, your host, Matt Foster of the Poets World Podcast. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, tonight I'm joined by a very special guest, author and writer, the lovely Miss Deanna Diaz. How are you doing tonight? Hi. And can I... I'm good. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'm glad to <laughs> hear it. I'm glad to hear it. I love the excitement in your voice. It sounds like you have a lot to discuss with the listeners tonight. And uh, if you oh, don't, yeah. if you don't mind, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm just a regular, normal person like everyone else, mom, wife, uh, cat mom. You know, I, I clean the house and do dishes and all that, but I am a writer as well. Um, I just, as you said, published a book about um, my last marriage, which um, was unfortunately an abusive one, and I'm working on the prequel and sequel to that book. Um, The prequel will discuss my childhood in which I was also abused and the sequel is just giving the readers a little bit more excitement because I am getting pressure that everybody wants to know what happens next it's, it's like Netflix like what's the next season so I'm, I'm just working endlessly trying to get this all written and you know written well for readers so
0: that's awesome I'm glad to hear that and my thing is because um, I know you sent me a message and you were telling me a little bit about your book. Um, and it's based off of your, you know, previous abusive, you know, relationship. Yes. And um, can you give the readers a bit of an insight uh, about, you know, um, what inspired you? What made you um, want to tell your story? You know, um, what encouraged you to put, you know, um, this story out there, you know what I mean? The, yeah, absolutely.
1: To... Absolutely. I, You know, the thing is, for, for people that are listening that have been in abusive situations um, or had an issue with domestic violence, um, they'll understand. When you're abused, you are basically um, forced and manipulated and threatened. And they use all these tactics to basically keep quiet. You are terrified to open your mouth and expose what's happening behind closed doors because they can't risk that. So they make sure you are terrified and will. And they also they go out in public and and they're funny and they're charming and charitable and generous. And, you know, they're these lovely people that, you know, they make sure to be so that if you do open your mouth, then nobody believes you. And that's, that's a terrible thing for victims to suffer because it takes so much courage to confide in somebody what's going on, you know, then to be disbelieved is just another trauma basically. But what inspired me is just, yeah, I, as a child, I was told to keep my mouth shut. I couldn't say anything. Then I ended up, You would think I would have learned my lesson after being raised by a narcissistic stepfather, but I ended up with a narcissist for 25 years. Um, And again, I had to keep quiet and put on a face and pretend everything was okay, but it was very much not okay. So I... It, towards the end of the marriage I kept a notebook um, that I hid under the basement couch cushion because I couldn't risk him finding it I'd get in trouble but I kept a record of all these things that were happening or that he was saying because he was gaslighting me and saying I never said that that never happened you're crazy all this stuff and I started to think if I'm crazy if I'm really that delusional that my entire reality like is not like in the least bit what I think it is. I need to know this. I mean, you know, you want to know if you need help. So I kept this record in this like, you know how like kids come home at the end of the school year and they have all these scribbled through notebooks. It was a notebook like that, that I had just torn out the pages that our son had used up. And I just I figured it was unsuspecting, kept it under the couch cushion. And, you know, I had actually talked to an attorney about filing for divorce. And one week later, we went into the shelter in place for COVID. It was yeah. in the beginning of the pandemic. So I thought, oh, my God, I'm I'm." it's like survivor in this house. Like who's going to survive? Because we were stuck in this house together. Um, but that's when I realized I have a degree in journalism and psychology and I'd always wanted to write. But, you know, he held me back from that. I, I barely had friends or family. And. Um, So I thought, no, I'm going to start writing, and I'm going to take these things that happened to me and elaborate it and make a book out of it because I know that there's somebody else out there like me that thought this can't be happening to anyone else. You think this is completely a unique situation that only you're in, but I'm like, no, yeah. So I'm like, somebody needs to know that they're not the only one. It'll give somebody some hope. And, and, you know, fortunately, it had a happy ending. So, you know, I'm using it also to just inspire people that no matter how bad things get, you can get out and you can't. I mean, assuming you can get out safely, you know, there is another side to it. And, and you can live a good life after that. It do, your life doesn't have to be bound to those circumstances.
0: Exactly. And um, I'm glad you you spoke about um, you're going to write a book about it. You know what I mean? Because there's someone out there that is going through the same things as, as me. And the thing is, when you're in an abusive relationship, because I've been in one, you know, a few years oh, ago yeah. um it was more of a manipulative you know abusive relationship yes. um they make you feel like you're the only one going through it and if you speak up yes. about it you're wrong you know what i mean they they, yeah. they they they'll let you know in so many words hey you know i didn't do anything wrong you did this or you said this to cause me to react this right. way you know my thing it, is it's
1: a blame game yeah, yeah they blame you for everything and you are responsible but that is mental abuse manipulation is just bullying you into basically thinking you're nuts and it's ridiculous it's it's definitely a form of abuse
0: yeah um and and that's very true i and i say that to say like for example well my ex she would be like okay you know the reason why i'm mad at you is because you, did, you didn't You did do what I told you to do when we were at the store. I told you to go and get bread or I told you to go get the eggs and you chose to go get something else. And so now I'm mad at you and I don't want to talk to you for a couple of days. And this is all your fault. You know, my thing is we are human beings. We are in control of our own, our own emotions. My thing is they have something called self-esteem, right? Self-esteem, okay? That means you are esteeming yourself, meaning you are lifting yourself up. The same thing goes with our emotions. We are to control our emotions, not put the blame on somebody else. If you say, for instance, had a bad day at work and there was a coworker who was trying to be kind and you yelled at them and told them, oh, I like all this week, you know, I never liked you. And your presence is the reason why I feel that way. You can't get away with that. Right. You can't get away with that. The right. Same thing goes for an abusive relationship, you know, and I'm glad you brought up that topic because my uncle would always say, you've been through so much out there, you know, since moving to Idaho, you need to write a mm-hmm. book about it. And I always told myself I was going to write a book. I just don't have a name. I wrote the book out itself, but I don't have a name for it. But anyway, um, he would always encourage me to write. But with my ex, yeah. like I said, the one I was in an abusive relationship with. She would say, nobody would read that book. Why waste yeah. your time every night, sit there reading, mm-hmm. writing, writing poetry and, and talking about, wanting to talk about relationships. I remember when I talked to her about the concept, I was conceptualizing this podcast right here. And I was talking to her about the topics I want to discuss on this podcast. And she laughed at me. She said, nobody's going to listen. Right. Nobody's going to listen but to you. Nobody want to get on your show.
1: That's all how they gain control over you, though. They have to cut you down. They have to make you think that you are incompetent and incapable of an intelligent thought or any creative idea, because if you go out there and succeed and do better than they think you're going to do or do better than them, God forbid, that's offensive to them Mm -hmm. and they don't want to deal with that. They want to keep you down. They hold you back. And that's exactly what happened to you, and it's what happened to me. And I want to thank you, by the way, for being brave enough to admit that it happened to you because a lot of men will not admit that they have been in abusive relationships. But you know what? We women can cry about it, poor me, poor me, but men are victims just as much as women are. Hey, men man. can be victims of all kinds of abuse that happens in relationships.
0: Excuse <clears> me, <throat> I choke for a minute. Exactly. I, I I do agree with that. My thing is, men are human beings just like women are. You know what yeah. I mean? And just like you guys experience abuse, hurt, heartbreak, and everything like that, we men, we experience the same things. We just carry ourselves differently. And my thing is, I told this story on this podcast a while ago, you know what I mean? And I got... A little bit of positive. I got mixed reactions from it. A little bit of positive, a little bit of negative, and there was a listener who reached out to me and said, "Oh, men can't be abused because they're more uh, uh, 45, times, uh, t- uh, forty-five times out of forty-five times out of a hundred, you know, or how they say thirty-five percent of mo- uh, relationships today, men are to blame for the abuse." And which I get that you can't lie with numbers statistically. That's true, but not every man is abusive. I wasn't raised well, to be an abuse, abuser, you know what I mean? I right. don't know what that's like, but I've experienced it. I have female friends who have experienced yeah. it. You yourself have experienced it, you know what I mean? So,
1: I do, and I think it's because when people think about abuse or domestic violence, they think you're getting beat up and have a black guy and got hand marks around your neck or whatever it is, and guess what? You know, theoretically, you know, men are— Generally, And I'm saying very generally, I'm not trying to offend, but men are built to be stronger, at, you know, biologically. That's yeah, just what it is. So exactly. yes, when you think of abuse, you think of, you know, the guy and the wife beater beating on the woman and she's crying and running around with black eyes. Guess what? that that is physical abuse and that can be part of other types of abuse but there are so many you can be abused financially i've been there Me you too. can be abused you can be abused sexually even in a marriage thank you very much been there you can be abused mentally you can be abused psychologically you, there's so many different kinds of abuse even the gaslighting and manipulation that's so common right now it is abusive bullying when kids are bullying each other at school that is abuse mm-hmm. that is abuse and let me go on to say this and i discuss it in my book i i just have a <laughs> i i'm getting on my little soapbox but words can kill a person words can hurt it's not just about hurting somebody's feelings i have lived my whole life 40 some years I was abused all through my childhood and then 25 years in that marriage, 40-some years. And you know what that did to me? Even without my ex actually laying a hand on me, I ended up so sick. I was down to 93 pounds. I I, I looked and my skin was awful and gray and it was terrible and it was abuse. Mayo Clinic ended up diagnosing me. I was diagnosed with a rare lung disease and it was because of all the cortisol, that stress hormone that's kind of like adrenaline Mm -hmm. running through my body because of all the stress of the verbal and mental and psychological abuse. And this lung disease that I have is just like having COPD and fibromyalgia all at once. Like I have a little oxygen machine I have symptoms every day. I will always have this. I have autoimmune flares. That's what words did to me. So I need people to understand. You need to think before you talk to somebody and don't ever minimize somebody's experience when they say that they have been abused or that somebody mm -hmm. is gaslighting, manipulating them because they can suffer physically as a result. And I am proof of that.
0: See, and I'm going to be praying for you because. My thing is, I grew up in, on, the, uh, on the Bible. My grandmother, she you know raised me as a Baptist Christian. And one of the scriptures in the Bible, it says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And those that love it eat the fruit thereof. So yes, and my grandmother, God rest her soul, she would always say, watch what you say. She would always tell yes. me, watch what you say. And it wasn't until I reached the age of 30 something years old that I understood exactly why she was saying, watch what you say
1: absolutely amen literally that that's brilliant but and But it is exactly people don't anymore. You go on social media or out in the world, everybody's got to have the upper hand or make the joke or whatever. Those words can be so hurtful to somebody. You don't know if somebody's out there thinking about taking their life and you just said something that they're just going to go do it. You have no idea if somebody just got told they lost a baby or have cancer. You got to watch your mouth. You got to watch how you talk to people.
0: Yeah. And my thing is. You can either build people up and it says good words are like, you know, joy to the bones and health to the bones, but bad words, negative words can break someone down. And I look at it this way and I do feel so incredibly sorry that you have to experience all that because of an ex who chose to hurt you instead of love you. You know what I mean
1: exactly I I do but at the same time you know I I was born and raised Catholic but you know we're all Christians here mm-hmm. you know the thing is is that I was given a, a very special gift I, I of speaking and writing
0: Amen. and
1: I truly believe now that All of those years that I went through all that and all all the talents, I think we all are given a certain purpose here. And I think this is why, you know, I had to go through all that because I had the knowledge and and the ability to verbalize it and to express it. I mean, like a few of my book signings, I've had mental health professionals that have come and said, thank you, because I help victims of abuse and They're so, you know, caught up in the drama and the chaos of everything, they can't Really express to me how they feel, or they don't have the education or the words or whatever. They're like, your book helped me see what it's like and, and what's going through their head. I've had legal professionals that help victims of bi- uh, domestic violence that are saying, "Thank you, you've given me a perspective from reading your book." Is it everybody's perspective? No, it's just from my experience. But you know, I encourage you and anyone else if you have anything, it doesn't have to be about abuse or toxic relationships. If you have something to express, write it. You don't need a title. I didn't have a title for my book and it was being published. So don't feel bad. I, I had like three notebook pages full of titles and the publisher didn't like any of them. <laughs> so you can write a book that doesn't have a title. You can write poetry and call it poetry, even if somebody else doesn't. But if it's your words and it's your expression. That's all that matters. It, it and, and we go back to the power of words and how they can also heal. Because for me, talk therapy does not work. I think it's a waste of time and it gives me anxiety, honestly, to think about going somewhere every Thursday or whatever day at this time to talk about crap that I'd rather forget. Not my thing. But writing therapy there's music therapy there's art therapy there are so many creative ways that you can go through the healing process if you have been through something that you know you would like to acknowledge and validate for yourself because like you said in the beginning it's all about dealing with yourself You're never going to get an apology from these people. Even if you do, it's fake. You just have to move on and take care of you. And that's what it comes down to when you have it. For me, at least, when I finally had enough self-respect to say, okay, my body is dying. I am dying inside because of this person and this toxic relationship. If I don't care enough about myself to get out of it, then I'm just going to waste away here. And it will all have been for nothing. So I chose to get out. And guess what? I have put on the weight. I am doing well. I am now a published author. I never I never in a million years thought I would be. I'm speaking on podcasts all around the world about this. Never in a million years thought that. But anybody, you know, your ex, you do your podcast. You write your poetry. Write your book. And if there's anyone else listening, whatever it is that's in your heart, do it. You have to be true to yourself because nobody else is going to do that. Nobody else is going to do that. And if you find that person that truly does love you and supports you and encourages you, then you hold on to them because they're a gem. Because that's what a relationship should be. That's what a healthy relationship looks like. People don't hold you back in a healthy relationship. They lift you up. They help you get there. If you want the moon, they tell you, go get the whole darn universe they want more for you
0: and that's what we should all strive for exactly exactly and the thing is i want to talk about the ways we can detect an abuser right Ah, uh, yeah i want to talk about because it. people can talk about abuse some people could talk about healthy relationships bad relationships toxic relationships you know what i mean but there's very few who gives the tips on how to spot the be- very beginning the very seeds of abuse so y'all can deal yeah. so you can deal with it nip it in the bud or you can choose to say you know what i'm not putting up with this i'm not tolerating this i'm not you know uh, being uh, mistreated i love myself too much i care about myself too much i care about my kids if you you know if you have kids I care about my kids too much. I care about their well-being, my well-being, way too much to put up with this. I am not going to put up with it. And my thing is, we're all blinded by love. Some of us are so blinded by love, in fact, we spot the signs, right? The Lord will pit it on a billboard. Hey, this person is absolutely toxic and not good for you. Hey, they're going to do nothing but abuse you. You think... Uh, uh, putting them in a new house is going to change them? No. You think putting them in a new car is going to change them? No. You think buying them new clothes is going to change them? No. They have to change for you. And we don't pay attention to those signs. We don't pay attention to wisdom from the Lord. And we try to go about it our own way and end up stumbling and falling and getting hurt so bad that we cry out to the Lord. And we either ask the Lord to, to get us out of this bad, toxic relationship or to remove this person from our lives when we should have paid attention. You know what I mean? There was clear exactly. indicators. There was clear indicators for me. And I'm speaking from personal example you know what I mean? Oh, there are.
1: Yeah, there always are. But, you know, I I mean, I don't know how it went for you. But when those, you know, for me, they went up right away. But I was like, oh, maybe he's just having a bad day. And then it (laughs) happened again. And oh, maybe he's just in a bad mood. Or uh, then I started, you know, after we were in it a little bit, well, maybe it is me. He keeps saying it's me. Maybe it is me. I mean, I was at the point at one point in my marriage, I'm on Google typing in how to be a good wife, because I apparently wasn't. He told me I wasn't. He left me a note. I I still have it how to be a good wife, you, you know, they make it's just it's insidious, it creeps in. But what you, you hit the nail on the head, you said, it's about setting the, that boundary and saying, I'm not going to stand for this. But see, we are too we it, it's not that we want love It's that the love is not there, but we want it to be there. But like you said, there's always signs, there are always signs. And I'm not telling people run at the first sign because we do all actually have bad days and we do all actually have reasons to be in a bad mood once in a while. But, you know, for me, like it was what, three weeks in, you know, he threw something at me for the first time. Did I get hurt? No. Did I excuse it? Yeah. And I shouldn't have. That's where I should have said, nope, not working for me, dude. Try again you know, but then it happened again. And then there was a hole punched in a wall there. Then there was a crowbar swung at my head. Then, you know, it was just, it just kept going and going. And where was I? I was still there. And when you stay there, and you don't set a boundary and you don't leave when you say you're going to leave and you keep tolerating it. That's giving them permission. And I'm not, please, nobody get offended. I'm not saying that you're necessarily giving them permission to abuse you, but you have to, you have to take charge of that. You mm-hmm. can't control other people. You can only control you. And I am taking responsibility. I stayed. I stayed for 20 years. Five years. I married that man. And on the day of the wedding, when they started playing the wedding march mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, Oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? I don't want to marry him. What am I doing? What did I do? So people do need to listen to their gut, listen to God, whatever it is you listen to, but you have to. You have to see the signs for what they are, because people like that are not going to change. And, and if they do love you and if they really are having a bad day, they're going to come to you and say, I was out of line. I'm really sorry. This happened, whatever. And they're not going to do it again. Somebody who is truly sorry will not repeat that action or behavior again. Because they know it hurts you. So mm-hmm. if somebody is continually hurting you, and my issue is when they are intentionally trying to hurt you, yeah, big red flag. Big yeah. red flag.
0: And I think, and I'm I'm, 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 this is my own perspective, but I think 52% of reasons as to why abusers abuse their victims is simply because they haven't healed. From either past traumas, past relationships where they themselves were abused, or they went through, they experienced some type of loss and they haven't taken the time to let their hearts heal. And they immediately use another person as a bandage instead of taking that time for them and the Lord to just heal and, you know. And, and, and forgive that person that did them wrong so they can be a better person and they can, you know, realize the signs where, you know, the relationship went bad so those behaviors aren't repeated in the next relationship, they immediately jump into another relationship simply because they think that a person will make them better. No, you have to make you better.
1: Yeah, and that's exactly it. And you're right. And I was one of those people. I mean, once I was in my marriage, I figured I had to try. I owed it to both of us and to our son to try. I read him. You know, I, there, there's one particular Christian author that I, I liked very much, Matthew Kelly, and I would, re, you know, he he speaks to. Every person, you know, not just faithful people, but I would read those books out loud to him like he was a five-year-old, but I thought maybe if it's not my words, maybe if he hears the way somebody else does something, it'll... It'll spark something in him. I invited him to come to church with me. He wouldn't come. He would, you know, he'd actually accuse me of going to mass to screw the 70 some year old priest. You know, I was never going, you know, to worship God. I was going for some, you know, I was going for a reason he would go for basically. But yeah, you try and try and try. But unfortunately, if they're not willing to receive that and, and, receive love and receive help or you know and a lot of times it's because they they don't think anything is wrong with them and that's part of the problem too they don't think that there's you know a need for growth or a need for perspective they're just I I used to say my ex was stagnant he was just fine where he was didn't want to move forward or backward he just wanted to stay right put in, in his mind space, physically in every which way possible. Whereas I'm trying to be self aware and I'm always trying to do better and be better and be an example to my son and be an example to you know, and um, you know some people just don't go together.
0: But you know the irony
1: is is that Ix they're gonna find somebody. And and they're gonna, you know, really be happy because there are people out there that, for whatever their reasons are, you know, they they complement that type of personality. But it just wasn't for me.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and I get it. But if we did disconnect, it I'll, I'll start the meeting all over again. But um, because my signal isn't the best, and I do apologize about that. But yeah, oh, no. I, I do agree. You know what I mean, and it's going to be a flip of a coin, a head to tell situation where he himself will be abused and experience the things you've experienced. Or mm-hmm. he's going to repeat the same cycle with someone else. And, I yeah, that, and that...
1: I, yeah, I hate to say, I know that that's what's happening because he did move a gal in pretty quickly with her two daughters and, and that scares me. But you know what? I, and it sounds terrible to say, but I met her once and when I saw, I could tell she's had a traumatic past of some sort because she was very eager to please him and, and very easily submitted to him and and just, you know, it's sad. I, you know, I just wanted to shake her and say, please don't do this, but, you know, maybe that, you know, they seem happy together and you know (laughs) <laughs> I always try to, I try to look at I, I try, try really hard not to judge everybody. But, you know, I think we all want to be better in that way. But I, I try to believe that there is somebody for everybody. Whether those people should or shouldn't be the way they are is not my business. It's not my place to judge. But, you know, perhaps he has found his match. I think maybe I was a little too strong-minded and strong-willed for him. And I, I I had to have some self-respect. Once I got sick, I had to take care of me because he sure wasn't. Yeah. And, um, you know, putting myself before him for once that, you know, just like when our son was born, that just exacerbated the abuse and, and everything, everything just got worse once my son came because he saw how much attention and focus and time I was giving our baby and in his narcissistic mind, he couldn't tolerate it. Just he could not take being second to a newborn baby, um, you know. And, and it's a shame. It's a shame that people will, you know, families are, you know, divided and things happen like that. You know, it, you don't get married to get divorced. And even as unhappy as I was, I mean, if he had been kinder, I I could have gone all. You know, the long haul, we could have lived the rest of our lives, you know, and been a family unit for our son and everything. And I think everybody kind of does what you have to do at some point. But, um, yeah, once it started affecting my health and and I was I mean, I was suffering. There were everywhere I went, people were even just the way they looked at me. They acted like I was going to drop dead or that something was terribly wrong. And then I looked at myself one day and said, oh, my gosh, like, yeah, something needs to change here and and it's just sad that that's what words can do that's what living in a toxic situation where you're constantly afraid and feeling threatened that's what that can do to you
0: oh yeah oh yeah and my thing is like i think when it comes to seeing our cnrx's part new partners you know what i'm saying we all want to warn them to uh-uh, jump ship don't do it don't do it you know but all we can do is sit back and watch and wish them the best and hope that you know they have a happier life you know with that new person than they did with us and
1: exactly
0: my ex is you know uh, her now husband um me and him got to talk a few months ago and then like he's a good guy you know good for her kids and everything like that but in the back of my mind, all I kept saying was good luck. (laughs) Good luck. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, And you
1: can't help it because you have the experience you've been in it, but you know, everybody's different and everybody has, I guess, different, everybody's different. So maybe that's, you know, you just hope that they do work out, you know, especially for the kids, because it's not good for the kids to have people, adults in and out of their life like that. But, you know, if they're happy, they're happy. And I agree. I, you know, I I met my ex's new gal once and that was at my son's graduation. And, you know, she she seems nice enough, although you never can tell just from, you know, a, a little public meeting. But. You know their relationship is their business uh, and uh it's not my place i i have my own and i'm remarried and i have a, a husband who i always say it's like princess and the pea over here he he I I don't know what I did to deserve him, but he treats me so good. It doesn't take much when you've come out of a toxic situation, but he, he's just so sweet. He's so sweet and gentle and thoughtful and all these amazing, wonderful things. And I can only wish that, you know, everybody finds that I just am sad for people that choose to stay in their toxic relationships, especially if they fear for their lives if they leave because some people unfortunately um, don't make it out alive. And, and, We don't
0: ever want that. Mm. So, and my friend and I, we were just discussing that at work um, about toxic relationships. They can get so bad where, you know, the other person is unfortunately, tragically killed by their significant other. You know what I mean? Out of jealousy, out Mm -hmm. of spite, out of anger, out of whatever the scenario happened. You know, and and it's an unfortunate event because you know you didn't mean to kill the person you loved or. They didn't mean to uh, hit or attack or abuse the person that they fell in love with or whatever, but it happened.
1: Yeah, but some of them do mean to do that. I mean, I I hate to say because, I mean, I I talk about it in my book, but after my divorce, after my divorce, my sister was getting married. I was allowed to bring a plus one. I invited, well, he's my husband now, but... I had known him six years. He was my good friend's brother-in-law, so not a stranger, whatever. he, I just thought, you want to come along? Yeah, he wanted to come along. My ex found out <laughs> after the divorce, came to my door in the middle of the night with a knife, and my son had to go out and deal with him. And my son came in the house after and said, I would have never forgiven dad if he would have stabbed you with that knife. Mm-hmm. The court, the courts denied me an order of protection. They said they did not see that I was in any danger. Three nights after that, I was in bed trying to go to sleep middle of the night. And my ex started, I heard him outside my bedroom window at my house screaming and hollering at me. And then he shot his gun multiple times. And I ended up with six cops at my house. And you know what? They didn't take him away. They still did not take him away. See, and the thing is, that, and that's unfortunate. There is no justice. There is no justice. He could have killed me. He obviously wanted me dead. And I found out because I had to ask for witnesses to come to court because I reapplied for an order of protection. Our neighbors did hear and see everything that happened both nights. And one of them... A few of them were too scared of my ex to come and testify because they didn't want any retaliation against them. They were willing to let me die or whatever because they were scared and I can't blame them, but that makes me so sad. But I had one that came to testify and she ended up, I, I just, my, my blood is chilling right now just thinking about it. When she testified, she admitted that my ex had been over at their house for a bonfire or a barbecue or something not long before that, and he he had been very openly talking about planning to kill me, and they all thought he was.
0: I do apologize about that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we got disconnected. I'm going to get her back on the live, but. Those are the unfortunate scenarios that happens when you're in a toxic relationship. You know what I mean? So you have to realize and recognize, ladies and gentlemen, when it's time, when it's absolutely time to get out. You got to know when it's time to get out of a toxic relationship. You got to know when it's time. To get out of a toxic marriage. You got to know when it's time. To get out of a toxic friendship. A toxic work environment. A toxic neighborhood. You know what I mean? You got to know when to get out. Because you just heard. Mrs. Dana's harrowing story. Ladies and gentlemen. She had the courage. To endure all that. And the faith to endure all that. So that the Lord could use her today. To tell you. All her harrowing experience that made her the mighty woman of God she is today. So when you experience toxic behavior such as this, get out. Don't don't try to say, oh, this person to change, this person to do do this. No, it's time to get out. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Matt Foster of The Poets World Podcast, and I do sincerely apologize for the audio cutting out, but as I said earlier in this episode, if you yourself are in an abusive relationship or abusive marriage, take the time to reconsider, will it get better? and then take the time to reconsider that more than likely it won't learn to love yourself learn to care for yourself learn to treasure yourself enough to where you don't put up with the lying you don't put up with the cheating you don't put up with the games you don't put up with the abuse you don't get uh, you don't put up with the using You don't put up with anyone using you because in the eyes of the heavenly father, ladies and gentlemen, you yourself are a treasure. So in turn, you must treasure yourself and honor yourself and love yourself enough to get out of that toxic relationship or marriage. I want to thank you all for tuning in tonight's episode with my very special guest and a good friend, Deanna. And I hope you all learned something tonight, ladies and gentlemen, because I most certainly did. Once again, I implore you to get out of that toxic relationship or marriage. Treasure yourself. Love yourself. Enough. To not put up. With the abuse. The lying or the games. Now. I hope you all have a beautiful and blessed evening. I want to thank you guys. For being so patient with me lately. It's been a very busy and hectic (laughs) Uh, past few weeks ladies and gentlemen but I'm starting to get everything in gear so I got some new episodes dropping for you guys another episode of Late Night Sessions will be dropping later this week and I want to thank you guys for rocking with me through the years and look where we are now it's amazing to think this podcast has been started four years ago, conceptualized five years ago. Thinking back on it, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> when I didn't even have a single listener, I was just conceptualizing ideas for this very podcast, and you guys made it what it is today. And I just want to thank you all from the very bottom of my heart once again, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to show that love to you guys because you guys have been rocking with me even through the hiatuses, even this recent one. I hope you all have a beautiful and blessed weekend. I love you guys. Good night and God bless. Let us begin. I drift off into vast reaches of space. The stars, they guide me, but not by happenstance. Every planet. Every ecosystem. My soul is in tune to everything that's happening. The rings of Saturn sings a sophisticated symphony. While Uranus plays its strings. A pulsar flares off in the distance like a lighthouse by the sea of crashing waves. The asteroid belt moves around me in display of a cosmic array. As it matches the arithmetic. Rhythm that plays in my head The pace of space Moves in its own flow Even Pluto (laughs) Has its own tune So close your eyes And hear with your own soul The bass reaches a space The fullest perspective of the galaxy Has an amazing view But the beauty of it all In all its perspectives solely Depends on you. (laughs) Let us begin. Here we are again. The same place, different roles that we're in. You accused me of something a while back, but I see that you're out here doing that very same thing. So here we are again. It's 7 a.m. Where were you last night? Do you know how long I've waited up? Do you think what you did was right? (laughs) Alright. You text me that you'd be home from a conference meeting by 9 p.m. And now the sun's out. And before you get all worked up about how I'm in the wrong for falsely accusing you again, hold up. I got a call from your mother telling me that you called her around 10 p.m. And that she shouldn't worry because the man you were riding around town with was like your brother. Or some here or other. I shouldn't expect any less out of you. If you were willing to even lie to your own mother about when she asked in your whereabouts. You told her not to worry about you because you were grown now. You don't have to worry about a time limit in your own house. You see, I want to feel upset for you staying out. But I feel worse that you spoke to her like that. Putting her down. I should be your man, your king. There shouldn't be another wearing my crown. You should be protecting our love just like I'm holding you down when you're not around. Yet you take it for a joke. But I'd have the last laugh if I moved on. And you'll be the one looking like a clown. If it comes out in the wash when it's all said and done. Will you stick by me? Or will you turn And you run all over town with this clown.